and welcome to our music podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Bob Marley and the conspiracy theories uh, surrounding his assassination attempts. Um, my name is Kendra Johnson. I'm Olivia Tatum. Lindsay Shy. And this is our music podcast. Okay, Robert Nesta Marley was born on February 6, 1945, in Nine Mile, St. Anne Parish, Jamaica. His father, Norval Marley, was 60 years old at the time, originally from Sussex, Sussex, Sussex England. It's <laughs> a weird word. <laughs> yeah. And his mother, Sedalia Booker, was 18 at the time, so that's a huge Whoa. weird age, age difference. Wait, how old was his dad? 60. 60. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's like, that's not like cradle robbing. That's like grandpa fucking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> his father provided support for his wife and son, but was frequently away and rarely saw them. His father passed away when he was 10 years old. And his mother eventually married Edward Booker and moved to the United States in Delaware. Bob and his friend Neville Livingston, which make, kept making me think of Neville Longbottom. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> also called Bunny Whaler, started playing music together in middle school. Their parents moved in together in Trenchtown when Bob was 12, which is the shittiest thing that you can do with someone's best friend. Did you guys have any friends that did that? Like their parents got together and then it fucked up their friendship forever? It I, doesn't, I don't think that they really fucked up their friendship, though, no, because they, like, they ended up like jamming together. Like That's like what started his music stuff. Yeah, it, it helped them. You know, they ran with it, but I, I had some friends in middle school that that happened to, and it, like they were never friends after that. Oh, man. There was a girl that I went to high school with, and I remember her and her boyfriend like were dating and whatever, and then their parents got together. And so it was like really weird because she she was like, okay, well now I'm like living with my boyfriend, and like they totally had to break up because yeah. their parents ended up getting married. It was like this whole mess. I think that happened on Teen Mom. Was she on Teen Mom? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. Maybe. I mean, she, I never saw her again. Like after like halfway through the I school think, year. I think yeah, they like had a baby, and then like their parents got together, and they ended up being like step siblings. Oh no, she no she was she didn't have a baby didn't with them. That far. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, they handled it really well. Um, they share a sister together, which is kind of interesting. Um, they started listening to R&B from the U.S. and new ska, which was a little bit slower than mm -hmm. your regular ska music. The boys eventually joined a vocal group together. Other members included Peter Tosh, Beverly Kelso, Junior Braithwaite. I probably butchered that. And Joe Higgs, who was already part of a successful vocal act called Higgs and Wilson. And that's when he learned to develop vocal harmonies and started playing guitar. In 1962, Bob recorded four songs under the name Bobby Martell. In 1963, with the addition of Cherry Smith, the group started calling themselves the Teenagers, later changing the name to the Wailing Rude Boys, then the Wailing Wailers, and eventually the I like Wailers. the Wailing Rude Boys. I do too. Yeah. I just love the word rude boys anyway. Like I'm a big fan of ska, so it's like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I liked that one. But the Whalers is fine. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> their single Simmer Down was extremely popular in Jamaica in 1964 and ended up selling 70,000 copies. By 66, the group was stripped down to Bob, Bunny Whaler, and Peter Tosh. In 66, Bob moved to Delaware briefly after marrying Rita Anderson and worked at a Chrysler plant and as a lab assistant at DuPont Labs. He was going under the alias Donald Marley at the time, which I thought was really strange. It's weird. Because Bob's a normal name anyway. Totally. He yeah. had to change that to Donald. He also doesn't look like a Donald at all. No. No, because no, like, I either have the duck or the, or the president. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Donald Draper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's a good Donald. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Don Draper is awful. But he's, he is, he's but a trash he's person, attractive. but he's totally bangable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, went back and rewatched that show, and I'm just like, that. how? <laughs> Have you guys seen the episode of Black Mirror that he's in? No. Mm -mm. Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite episodes, actually. I liked him as, like, the crazy person in um, Baby Driver. Because you think he's, like, the nice that. guy, and then you're just like, oh, he shoot. He can play a bad person really, really well. Yeah, he's good at it. Yeah. 
uh, also plays a fuckboy really well in Pride's Face. Oh, yeah. When he, <laughs> when he just, like, very almost, like, looks like a doctor or something, like, feeling her boob <laughs> or, like, a lump or something. He's, like, trying to, like, get her all turned on. He's, like, can Charlie so-and-so do this? Like, <laughs> and she's, like, talking about another guy, and he's just, like, okay. <laughs> Prodding her breast. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Donald Marley, lab assistant. Yes. Well, it. <laughs> I couldn't nice find thing. when he, what year he actually returned to Jamaica, but um, he was there by 1969. Um, so after returning, he converted to Rastafari and began to grow dreadlocks. Yep. Which is funny that I saw that mentioned on like several different websites, which I thought was funny. Just, you know, I know it's, it's, it fits with the the religion, but it's just funny. Like, oh, he started to grow dreadlocks in 1969. Right, like changing your hair is like a huge deal. Well, yeah. it's also such an iconic look for him, though. It was. I mean, like there wasn't really anyone that you would see with that hairstyle that was like prevalent in the media. Yeah, aside from Bob Marley. Yeah. So it's an iconic. It makes time. sense. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. 1969, <coughs> the Whalers. I can't read my own notes. <laughs> um, worked with studio musician oh the, Bever- the Beverly All-Stars and recorded songs in the new reggae style which was even slower mm-hmm. so they were like really slowing things down at this point um, and they also included electric guitars and no more trumpets and sax which you noticed in their early recordings right kind of getting away from the whole ska thing and more into like the reggae. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if you guys watched any videos of him performing, but he has the weirdest dance moves. They're not bad, but the weirdest <laughs> dance moves I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to describe they, them. Really. Like one of the things I was reading was like comparing him to like a crazed shaman. He was like yeah. doing some of these like little circles and strange things and his head <laughs> down. I don't know. Just stood out to me. Okay. in 72, Marley signed with CBS Records in London and toured the UK with soul singer Johnny Nash. In 73, Eric Clapton released a very successful cover of I Shot the Sheriff, which was mutually beneficial. Clapton hadn't had a hit in two years um, since the song Layla, and mm-hmm. Marley, be- his song became a hit in the US and sort of gave him you know, that first little bit of coverage. Right. He was given his residence on Hope Road by um, producer Chris Blackwell. And it was used as his home and um, personal office. And it seemed like a lot of people from, um, you know, that area, they would come and they'd ask him for money for food and groceries and uh, medicine and different things. So it was kind of like an open door policy there where people Mm. nearby came in and out. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of people living there, different people at different times that he was working with. And, you know, people would come visit. I think even George Harrison came and visited for a while. That's cool. Yeah. So in 74, the Whalers opened for Sly and the Family Stone for their U.S. tour. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, like they got fired after like four dates because they yeah. were more popular than the people they were headlining for. <laughs> like what a little bitch move. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> just think how many people would have came to their, how many more people would have came to their shows if oh, you know, for their sure. band was really popular. For sure. Like, but also like you have to think about it because it's like that's happened before. Like so there's that. Times. That like thing like they the year that punk broke with like Nirvana and Sonic mm-hmm. Youth and like they're all on tour and that's when Smells Like Teen Spirit comes out and Nirvana was like opening and then yeah. by the end of the tour they were like the headliner because yeah. they had this like number one hit. Yeah, I think that it wouldn't matter, but yeah, they I think they did act like bitches about it. Totally. Probably regretted <laughs> it later too. Like oh, oh yeah, oh, like, oh sure. we could have packed stadiums if we would have just not been little bitches. Right, and just played some of the best shows. <laughs> yeah, totally. So ego. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Whalers then disbanded in 1974. So um, the members could pursue solo careers, and Bunny Whaler didn't really want to tour that far from home because he realized that they were getting more successful. So Bob continued recording as Bob Marley and the Whalers. Um, he had a new band, and it had tons of people in it. Um, Did it have his brothers in it, too? I didn't see that unless they had different names. Well, different last. Well, they would be because they. Yeah, was, I think I it did think right. because like that's or at least that's what I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> I think that's that's probably the Carlton and um, Aston. Is it Bennett? Yeah, that sounds right. That's probably his brothers. Um, 
Junior Marvin, Al Anderson, Tyrone Downey. I wrote Bowie the first time for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> he was there too. Yeah, he was there. In um, spirit. <laughs> Earl Lindo and Alvin Patterson. So a lot of people, it's always weird when they have tons of people on a stage performing. Yeah. I find it kind of distracting music wise because, you know, it kind of all drowns each other out. But they had, you know, so many different people working on percussion, which works for that style of music. Absolutely. Right? So like two drummers and then um, a couple guys working on. You know, different kinds of percussion. I think it said that his brothers like played like bass and drums. Okay. So just yeah. pretty cool. I remember when I saw Pavement, they had um they had the drummer and then the I don't know what you'd call it, like an auxiliary percussionist. Yeah. Some bongos. Yeah. Well like different <laughs> stuff throughout the show. It's kinda cool though. It didn't it it worked well with each other. Okay, and seventy five, No Woman No Cry gave him his international breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And good song. Yes. And kind of cool about that, I read that he actually gave, wrote the rights of that song. Like, he listed the, um, the author of the song as Vincent Ford, who owned a local soup kitchen. So he got the royalties for the song and kept the soup kitchen open. That's and, legit. Yeah, which is crazy. I also think really it's nice. kind of funny that like there's a song called No Woman, No Cry, but his wife is the one that does the backing vocals for it. Yeah. So like every time you hear a woman in the Bob Marley albums, it's his wife, Rita. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. I thought it was neat when reading about them too. When they got married, she had two children from prior relationships and he like instantly adopted them. So it just sounds like a you know great person. And then um, he had children with lots of women after. And, and she had a child with another man oh, too. Yeah. And it was just like one big family. And they like they never divorced. They didn't give oh, a wow. shit. Yeah, like they're yeah. like, well, whatever. Like you fucked that girl. I fucked this dude. Like <laughs> yeah. let's raise the kids. Totally fine. I, whatever works. Yeah, that yeah. works for some people. <laughs> yeah. So things were really heating up politically in Jamaica. Um, in 76, and it started with the Prime Minister Michael Manley and Edward Siaga, who was opposing him at the time, um, of the Jamaica Labor Party. Looks like... Okay, and he, this is, this is we're getting up to yeah. the first assassination attempt. Um, he planned to play at a free concert organized by the Prime Minister called Smile Jamaica, and he wanted to do it to try to, you know, ease the tensions mm. and try to promote peace, but people looked at it as him siding with Manly. Well, another thing, too, is, like, they... He had already, like, said that he would play that concert, and then, mm -hmm. like, afterwards, then he was like, and then the election's going to happen. Yeah, they moved it up on purpose. Yeah, they did, just, like, to look like he was being backed by Bob Marley, even though, like, that wasn't what necessarily... I mean, like, right. I don't think he was, like, against him or he anything. He was very, very neutral. He stayed, you know, he didn't choose one side or the other publicly. So, yeah. But they, they kind of forced that. that on him. Yeah. And is that, like, well, I guess you're probably getting to it, like, is that why all these... Like the assassination, uh, the assassination attempt. Well, they thought he was siding with. It's it. We'll we'll get. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's a lot of different reasons different, why possibly yeah. he was assassinated. Yeah. There was even talk about it being over like a bet at one point over a, um, a soccer game. I, I saw that somewhere that there was like a guy locally that owed money and um, mm -hmm. that could have been part of it. So there's you know there's so many theories, but interesting. So he. Okay, two days before the concert, um, Bob, Rita, and his manager, Don Taylor, were all shot at his Hope Road residence. And it sounds like uh, his manager and wife got the brunt of it. They did. They were like, seriously injured. She yeah. was shot in the head. And oh, my God. He was shot several times in the back. Yeah, and, it, like, and what I kind of gathered was it was like he was trying to shield Bob Marley. So Bob Marley only got an injury, like mm -hmm. he got shot in the sh like in the arm. He had like injury to his chest, his chest. and arm. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounded like he turned and it just kind of like skimmed him. Um, so do crazy. they know who did that? No. no, no idea. No idea. And if they do, like like what, every account that I read, it was like he he wouldn't snitch. The weird thing about it. Because it didn't sound like they did it really fast. Because people were in the house and they were hiding when it happened. And it sounded like they, it took a little while for them to get in, shoot them, and get out. So you kind of wonder how serious they were about it. I mean, that guy was shot several times in the back and she was shot in the head. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's huge. But usually, you know, when you have several people shooting at people, 
you at least have one casualty. And so I don't know, maybe they weren't like super serious about it, but they were getting paid. So maybe they were, you know, like, oh, I'll make it look like I put a lot into it. But so another weird thing about that is like Manley's, um, like they were supposed to be providing security for, for yes. Bob Marley and they weren't <clears throat> there just that night. Just that night. That's convenient. And they came conveniently like an hour or so after it happened. Really? So like really one weird. of the theories is that um, it was a setup by them to make it look like the opponent shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like then there's theories that like that uh, Manly's opponent shot like or like yeah. his people <laughs> shot him. Uh-huh. And then another theory was like he was helping a friend pay back a debt to some gangsters um, and missed a payment. Is that what you're talking about? Like the soccer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was like in the hole, like a lot. So Bar- Marley was like helping him make payments and like, and then there was a missed payment. Yeah. Oh. Um, so then like, the, so there's Which like would all these. support them not like really injuring him. Cause they're like, Oh, if we kill him, he's not going to pay it back, but we'll scare right. the shit out of him. Right. But, and like, but he didn't, he didn't really give details to the police and stuff. Yeah. Wow, the story has so many layers. I it was does. Right. And then another crazy thing is, like, one of the guys that was working on his tour and stuff and, like, working with him was the son of, like, a major, like, CIA dude. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, like, that's confirmed. That. And But, like, so, like, a lot of conspiracy theories are, like, oh, was that the first, like, CIA attempt on him because he's, like, part of, like, all these, like, people's movements and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, like... They like people were assuming that Bob Marley didn't know that mm-hmm. he was like mm-hmm. uh, associated with the CIA, but I think he did. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of what I gathered it was like this was under the assumption that like you know he wasn't aware that he was the son of a CIA dude. Um, I don't remember what the exact thing was, but like, yeah. but it sounded like yeah he was he knew and it was fine like. The guy's like, well, that's my dad's job. This is my job, yeah. whatever. So, but there is, so that's like the first like hint of like the weird CIA stuff. Yeah. There was God. also a guy that was in the CIA that was in Jamaica, spotted in Jamaica the day before the shooting, mm. which is really strange. Um, you know, one of those things like, what are the odds? But um, they didn't give the guy's name. And I saw something online too, which you can't really put that much weight on these claims but a, a guy on his deathbed claimed that he but that was, would go with the shoe theory the one that yeah later. i did read okay, about that yeah, the yeah. guy his name was um i don't remember what his what name was, it? was i feel like his last name started i have that um, well like, but that's like later yeah, yeah. Okay. that's later. all right getting ahead of ourselves yeah <laughs> so crazy so he still played the show um, with the band Zap Pow playing as backup because his band was kind of in hiding after that because they were all pretty scared. I would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I wouldn't do that because you never know. I mean, people could just shoot at you yeah. on stage, come up and stab you. Um, Bob left Jamaica in 76 and moved to England and spent the next two years in exile. And while in England, he recorded two albums, Exodus and Kaya, and was arrested in London for possession of marijuana. That had to happen at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and everything that I read about him and his marijuana use, um, he didn't, he claimed that he didn't use it to ever like get high, that it was just for medicinal purposes. Yeah. And then he used it to meditate. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, and he like talks about like how it like helped him like grow in his spiritualism and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. He that. said that. You know, whenever he would use it, he would, like, really think about his life and where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do, which... I wish that happened to me when I smoked weed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get really paranoid. Yeah. I get paranoid and throw stuff at Kendra. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I just went ahead and went there. It's fine. I'm Break. not even... I'm not even embarrassed anymore. No, just gonna, just gonna talk about this for a second, because it's really funny. Um, back in... Like college so like age 19, days, yeah. like a long time ago, I had this water bong <laughs> <laughs> and uh, made Lindsay take a bong rip and which was like way too much for someone that doesn't ever yeah. smoke. <laughs> she was like next level, like freaking out. Um, and so I was like making her watch all these like dumb videos about people like losing their shit. Oh yeah. You guys were all <laughs> laughing at me because you well, she, kept, she was like talking about like calling like an ambulance cause she thought she was dying. And like, it was really funny. I was dying. You weren't, but it was really funny. And, um, 
And I, but I was like ripped. So I just kept on laughing and she's getting so pissed. And I was like, here, take this water. And then I think I laughed at her and she just threw this glass of water at my head. <laughs> it was awesome. It didn't break or anything, but I was like, holy shit. Oh, uh, now that you retell it, I do feel bad. I'm no, like, it's, no, it's hilarious. Like, I guess that's so not like. I know that don't do that. Like I know that's it was an isolated incident, but I think that's what makes it like kind of legendary and so funny because it's like I've never seen her be like that aggro, (laughs) and like the fact that it's directed at her bestie is like totally fine. You know what I mean? It was hilarious. The only thing that could and I'm a dick because I could not stop laughing. Oh, you were super. I was like, yeah, I was being a total dick. It was hilarious. And I remember like the only thing that would calm me down for a little bit is I would like go into your bathroom and I would just like sit on the toilet and I would like you had all your like fancy like hair products I would just sit there and like read the shampoo bottles and that made me feel okay for like five or ten minutes and then I'd come back out and she'd be like let's watch Indiana Jones ooh you must be hungry you must have the munchies have some popcorn I'm like no (laughs) (laughs) sorry back to the yeah back to the Okay, in 78, Bob returned to Jamaica to perform at the One Love Peace concert, once again attempting to calm political tensions at the time. In 79, he released the album Survival, and that um, was actually his most political album. He showed his support for the, um, for the struggles of Africans and his strong um, opposition to the South African apartheid. His last studio album was released in 1980, and that was last, you know, that he fully recorded in the studio, and his very last album was released after his death in 1983, and that was kind of pieced together by people afterwards. Um, So in 1977, he was diagnosed with a malignant melanoma under the nail of his toe. And he chose not to amputate the toe because he didn't want it to affect his tour schedule. And by he had it removed and like had a skin graft and stuff. Yeah, instead. he had the the, t- the nail and the nail bed removed. Mm-hmm. That's and then such a weird. I've never heard of anybody having. I have heard about really. Yeah, because it seems like you know when they do like when you go to the doctor and they do your mole checks and stuff. It's like who's like. Well, I guess it it guess shows up as sense. like a dark spot under your nail. Really, um, kind of like if you bruise it. And also, that's, like, never really exposed to the sun and stuff. Well, right, which is weird. But, like, not all cancers from <clears throat> sun damage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, like, so with that, too, um, so his his toe thing, like, there's, like, theories about that even before this new conspiracy theory came out. Um, and that would be that, like, he injured it from like playing soccer or whatever because like he was like a diehard football fan like diehard so like and he even like is quoted saying that like if you actually want to get to know me then you have to play against me and the whalers because that's what we do like they would just always play together so super cool yeah but um it was obviously from him already having cancer there for that part so then like this is where the other conspiracy theory comes in because eventually that um cancer spread and um, ended up becoming brain cancer and in his lungs. And he passed away Mm -hmm. about five years after his initial Initial. cancer, um, which is really sad. So (laughs) here's the new conspiracy. It basically came out from a clickbait site. (laughs) (laughs) Always a reliable source. I know, right? So, But it's, like, hilarious because it's, like, this whole thing. And, like, even Snopes has, like, a big thing on it. Yeah, I did read that one. Yeah, Yeah. so it's, like, it's fascinating because, like, none of it is – none of it has any, like, sources. And, like, they've even, like, looked into, like, whether this guy has ever even been in the CIA – so apparently this CIA agent confessed on his deathbed that um, he put a copper wire with like melanoma in Bob Marley's shoe. And so when he put on his shoe, that's what injured him like under the nail bed and created yeah. the melanoma. Yeah. So then uh, obviously I'm like, well, like, can you even fucking do that? <laughs> right. So then I got like kind of like low key obsessed with it. And um, <laughs> yeah, he was like, I gifted him a brand new pair of Chuck Taylors. Like, oh, how nice of you. Right? <laughs> how sweet. So then I was like re- researching that. Um, and like, okay, so then like the CIA did have a file on Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that is legitimate because he was a big supporter of Manly. 
Um, but like the the whole um, thing, like that concert and stuff that he had been uh, the attempt on his life before that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was that was not a nonpartisan. Like it was a very like let's all just unite and like seize this tension type of effort. So um, yeah, they they did classify him as like somebody to watch. So they did have a file on him, but. <laughs> this is like so many years after that. Yeah. Um, which is what makes it so weird. So I was researching and um, Hugo Chavez, like um, he died of a heart attack after battling cancer and he was the former Venezuelan president and he was convinced that the United States um, had given him cancer. Um, and so I was like, was well, that even like a thing? And so I found this article and it was like talking to this woman that like works with canines and cancer because they're like one of the only species that has transferable cancer through like bites or fornication. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. and there's two that. different kinds of cancers and like they're the tumor type that can be transferred through those means, um, with dogs. And so like the whole article was like being like, oh, well, you can't really do that with humans. But then like later on in the article, and this is like from um, Scientific American, like Mm -hmm. magazine, like it's so like they do have their sources and everything. And it's like an interview with a legitimate doctor. Like there were cases um, where like mothers can pass on cancer to their fetus and it's typically with melanoma. And then melanoma is also, like, the only one that's, like, recorded like that. The surgeon was, like, removing melanoma and doing a surgical procedure on somebody and then accidentally cut themselves with the scalpel and ended up getting it on their finger where they had cut. They ended up getting cancer. Wow. Right. So, but, like, the whole point of that is, like, just like an organ transplant, um, like, unless you're, like, so closely matched, there's just no way that it will ever take. Just, mm-hmm. like, how, like, your body will reject a new organ mm-hmm. or whatever unless you're, like, a good match. Yeah. It's the same thing with cancer. So, like, the likelihood is, like, one in a million. Yeah. Of that even being possible for that. But it it's sad. not necessarily impossible is yeah. what I found with this research. because that, like, I was, the like, only documented case of that happening? Um, I'm not positive about that, but that's yeah. the only one that was listed in the article. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the crazy thing is, is, like, I went into this reading, like, thinking, like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't give somebody <laughs> cancer. Can- like, that's totally, like, ridiculous. And then, like, this article, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. You kind of could, theoretically, but, like, the likelihood of it, like, the body accepting it is, like, so slim. Because, yeah. like, your Scared body, like, all of your white blood cells and, like, everything is set to attack it, that foreign invader. Yeah. And, like, everybody gets cancer, like, tons of times in their yeah. lifetime and your body just kills it. Just you know? And so, like, the idea of it not doing that yeah. is, like, it's, she was basically saying, like, it's not impossible, but it's, like, almost impossible. Mm. So fascinating yeah for everybody to worry about but they didn't they don't have any proof that this guy was ever in the cia or that he like yeah and like like i said like the whole thing with them trying to like the whole shooting thing happened like what in the 70s yeah and this and that would be like the early 70s i believe Mm -hmm. it was isn't it But then, like, he died in, what, 1981? Yeah. yeah. And so this would have been, like, the late, like, later part of the 70s. 76 yeah. is when that happened. Um, with, because I know we were talking about the time, the length of time between, you know, the copper wire alleged incident. And right, the, which I, like, has, like, basically it's been officially debunked. Like, that well, it's not. The weird thing is I, I watched this. It was like a two hour long special on Steve Jobs' cancer. And when, because this, this mathematician actually, he like, he took the size of his tumor and he figured out at what age he got the cancer and how it grew. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fast growing, sometimes it's slow. Mm-hmm. And he actually had like a slow growing cancer. And the, the tumor was big enough by the time they found it. They figured that like no treatment that he would have done would have um, done anything. The, the surgery that they gave Steve Jobs shortened his life because his body could no longer fight. 
um, you know, the cancer as it had been because he was like a, a strict vegetarian and I was say, did I a lot of things. I remember to, reading mm-hmm. like toward the end, he just like was doing like natural treatments. Well, and that's kind of what Bob Marley was doing too. Yeah, he was. Like he was like, he like <clears throat> altered his diet. Yeah, and he and was stuff treated like at a, cl- a, a clinic in Bavaria that, you know, strictly did that. Because mm-hmm. um, I've watched a lot of YouTube stuff about people that have beat different illnesses like MS and mm-hmm. um, all sorts of autoimmune diseases by juicing or by, you know, just eliminating so many things from their diets. And, you know, it's still kind of, you don't know if it, it really does work or not. Right. But um, the idea kind of works because you're... You're taking out, like, but does it work? Like, but that's an autoimmune disease. Like, that's right, not cancer. Right, right, right. But um, people treat, you know, people do treat cancers that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the whole, like, but, but the juicing alone, the whole theory is like your body doesn't have to work to digest any food. So, and you're just flooding it with nutrients. So it's using all of that extra energy to fight your cancer. So there's that. Um, but then, you know, the elimination diets too, like you're just not mm-hmm. giving your body anything else that's going to contribute to that or weaken it. Right. So and from what I was reading, it was like saying like that his treatments like did nothing. Like they yeah, didn't help at all. It was way too late. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Actually with both of them, Steve Jobs and, um, by the time they started doing anything, um, yeah. it was, you know, they were done for at that point, which is really sad. Um, but yeah, after it was, you know, it spread to his, cause think about it from like his toe all the way to his brain and lungs yeah, at that point, it was probably, insane. you know, attached to all kinds of organs and. Right. And he was everywhere. like touring through like all of that. He was. Uh, and yeah. Sad, but he didn't, he wanted to make it home to Jamaica before he died and he never made it home. He yeah. made it as far as Miami and then. Aww. Yeah. I had to land and like go to the hospital and that's where he died yeah. in Miami. That's- um, and like, there's a quote, like him saying to his son, Ziggy Marley, um, he's like, yeah, like money can't buy you life. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that's deep. Yeah. Like, sure. and also just sad. I mean, he was like, what, so 36 sick. years old? 36. Yeah. This one really depressed me because he, you know, was just such like a kind, nice, peaceful mm-hmm. person didn't seem to bother anybody. His music was positive. He just wanted to help people. And, and he did have like political stances and stuff like that. But like overall, like he just wanted peace. Yeah. yeah. And like his, his political stances were more like about like uniting people and like mm-hmm. uniting like African culture and yes. like just all of that. Like it's interesting. Seems like a legit dude. Yeah. I grew up like listening to him. Which is kind of funny because, like, my dad definitely doesn't smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, never, never once. Well, he was in Vietnam, but even still, like, I think you saw, like, too many people, like, get fucked up and then just, like, get yeah. killed because they were, like, too high. Uh, so he's just, like, not a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with diehard Bob Marley mm-hmm. fan. And then we even had a German exchange student, and he was a diehard hard Bob Marley fan, too. So, like, him and my dad would just, like, listen to it all the time. That's cool. It was I, fun. I never listened to a lot of him. I really? Like stuff, I, yeah, we were listening to him on the way over here, and I was just like, I have never heard most of these songs yeah, in my life. Yeah, they're so like, good. never like a, yeah. They really are. It's just funny, because I, I remember, like, being, like, a little kid, like, three or four. Yeah. And, like, I knew that my parents were, like, having a party if, like, Bob Marley was playing, and it was always <laughs> the, I shot the sheriff. Like, yeah. Yeah. And totally obsessed. Like, I think that it might still be on their party rotation list. Like, it's funny. Like, <laughs> They still, yeah, they hold up. Um, I think a lot of them are played at weddings and, mm-hmm. and stuff, too. And he's, like, one of the highest-selling recording artists. Like, yeah. it's insane oh, how yeah. many records have been sold. Yeah. Like, everywhere you go, just, like, mall stores and stuff, there's always, like, so much Bob Marley merchandise. Well, and there's, like, a whole, like, stoner culture. Like, oh, that's yeah. Just, like, they love it. Like, that great poster of him just, like, smoking that joint. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like how many like And he's little, an attractive like, dude too. Oh very. Yeah. Yeah, that poster's hanging out in like every uh every like high school yeah. uh, like, stoner bedroom. <laughs> yeah, like back in the early audies, like every kid with like baggy pants had that poster mm-hmm. in their room. So funny. I wonder how many of them actually listened to Bob Marley though. I know. It's more of like the aesthetic. I remember having like <laughs> <laughs> Ashamed to be like, I did have dreadlocks in beauty school, oh. which I, I, I'm not ashamed because dreadlocks are cool, but like I'm white, so 
Yeah. It's really weird. It was before the whole discussion of cultural appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a very limited time thing, but it's still funny. And they were just underneath. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, like, the top half of my hair was, like, curly and, like, bleach blonde and the bottom half was like these black dreads and so it was like i like to call it the, the poof turd because like the dreads just kind of looked like turds because like i said i'm caucasian so <laughs> it's really weird like i've i don't know if you guys have ever like run into this but like just on like social media and stuff people that are usually really like um you know like super understanding of like different like they try to be woke about everything and but then like when it comes to like dreadlocks, they get super defensive. They're like, it's just a hairstyle. I don't yeah. understand why this is like, and I'm like, it's like this one thing. It's like a hill to die on. I don't know. It's I, weird. I think it's funny though. Cause it's like, you have to work really freaking hard to get white people's hair to dread. Yeah. Whereas like with African American hair or like, or African hair, whatever, black hair, it's so easy to dread. Like, I've done like touch-ups on um, black people's like dreadlocks and stuff like that, and it's so simple, and like very like just, it's such a natural thing. Yeah. And then like on white people, <clears throat> like oh my god, no, it's like such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like I have no desire. Yeah. Funny thing, my underneath hair is like ten times curlier than the top, and. If I don't braid it when I go to sleep, I'll wake up and it will actually be in like these little dreadnoughts. Well, that's why and I, I have to like sit there and comb it out forever. Yeah, I had. That's why I dreaded my hair. Yeah, um, it was because I was like, well, it just wants to do it anyway, and then I'm like, oh no, this is. It was like so much more work to not make. It looked bad, but it took a lot of effort to not make it look worse. Like yeah. it was really bad. Did you have to shave them off, or did you? No, were you able to comb them out. I'm like really fortunate. Like, um, did you have like five people working on it? At oh yeah, one day? like it was an all day project. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, um, like I had a lot of black friends in beauty school, and they were all like helping me comb this shit out. And like it was so funny. They're like, "Are you mixed?" <laughs> like, like, what and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like so pale. And I'm like, "No, it's just my hair's crazy." <laughs> it was really funny. I remember wanting them for a little while because Ani DeFranco. I oh yeah. Her a lot, yeah. And she had them, and I thought she was awesome. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my god. So many tragic phases, though. <laughs> I felt like I went through. I probably, I probably wanted them for a little bit, but I think I used to just do like the. <laughs> like just the little like tiny braids twisted. yeah the yeah. little tiny like twisty yeah. braids I'm like this is close enough I was in a crust punk band at the time so yeah <laughs> it just kind of went with that like I don't know that's pretty funny <laughs> what was your like most like tragic phase or like hairstyle or clothing style or whatever um I remember in high school uh that band mindless self-indulgence oh yeah I remember that band yeah I had a they opened for corn here, didn't they? Like at the I don't, Coliseum? I didn't go to that concert, but I definitely liked that band. And I wore like the giant like pink pants from Hot Topic mm-hmm. for like a solid six months. And then I was like, oh, I actually like punk rock more. And then it was like, <laughs> I, I think I just like never stopped with that phase. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm still in that phase. <laughs> what about you? Oh God, I have a lot. Um, I had like my like goth phase where I wanted to dye my hair purple, but my mom just let me get that, um, you know, that box dye that you would always get when you couldn't have like a crazy color that was like kind of a burgundy, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like did that. I think that was the first time I like really dyed my hair. And, uh, but for some reason I always wore it in that like early 2000s kind of flipped out thing. It was like Rachel Lee Cook and Josie and the Pussycats. Like I liked that hair, but I wanted to be like more goth also. So it was just kind of a weird like aesthetic. And I had like, this t-shirt from Target with like a rhinestone bat on it. I was like, this is pretty goth. Uh, I Target also goth. Had, like, yeah. I also like, I had a phase where, uh, where I wanted to do like the, the Courtney love, like the baby doll dresses and stuff and the little barrettes. But like, yeah. it was like, oh. it was like 2001. So it was like, I had just missed it by like five or six years and it hadn't really come back around to be like cool again. Oh my God. I went, I went through that phase around that same time too. Yeah. And and, and, it was like, I was wearing the family pants and I had like a million barrettes in my hair and like, I had also tried to do a straightener in my hair. So it was just like limp and awkward. Oh my God. Yeah. Never forget. What about you, Olivia? Um, in middle school, I was obsessed with James Eha and mm. I, you know, how he had like the bleach in front. Well, I did that to my hair and it was just like this horrible orange color <laughs> <laughs> and 
my hair at the time was like fucking terrible because it was, you know, products hadn't gotten a lot better. So it was just like this frizzy, like it kind of, it was like past the mushroom stage, but not much. So it was like, <laughs> it looked kind of like a dick. Um, <laughs> yes. and, yeah. Just like terrible color. And I'd wear like the, you know how he had the kind of like 70s style, like collared shirts that. Yeah. The, the kind of like polyester, like. Yeah. yeah. So I'd wear those all the time <laughs> and Aww. big jeans. Cause he, I think he, That's you know, cool, wore though. big jeans. Yeah. Little um, baby female James. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say that though, because uh, when I was in middle school, another thing I did is I was obsessed with Darcy. And so like, I, yeah, so like cool. I made a, um, my mom helped me like, well, my mom had like a silver mini skirt from like the like early nineties and she, uh, so I was like, oh, it's like the, it's like the bullet with butterfly wings video. So yeah. like she helped me like, I had like this like white, like sheer shirt and she helped me like sew fur on it. Like, oh my God, I think you showed me a picture of that. It's so I great. Oh, I, I don't even know if I have a picture of that one actually, but it was really good. And then yeah. I had like little silver boots and like, you know, it was, it was pretty cute. This was like creative with it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it looked, it looks pretty weird, but like, at least you tried, I guess. That's how <laughs> I always think like, oh, well, at least I, you know, wasn't, you know, too shy to like try something that I thought mm -hmm. was cool. Yeah. And my mom was always like encouraging me to like be an individual and everything. Like yeah. she'd help me with like, she's like, oh, you want goth eyeliner today? Okay, let's do this. Oh, you want like a see-through shirt with some fur on it? Let's do this. Like... <laughs> You want to put awful like manic panic in your hair? I'll do it for you. Like, so yeah, no, she was always cool and like supportive of all my embarrassing shit. Yeah, I'm, like you weren't like embarrassed to be out in public with me. Like, oh my gosh, my mom was like so stoked when I finally started wearing color again. She's like, it's like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> I remember my mom let me, I had an eyebrow ring. Um, in oh shit. High school. Like Godsmack. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> um, I thought I, well, the funny thing is I got it because I was obsessed with the band Silverchair. Oh time. yeah. Oh yeah. And I kind of had hair like the singer. Um, so <laughs> I was like, oh cool. I guess I always wanted to dress like guys. Um, but <laughs> cool. yeah, I had, so I had the eyebrow ring and, um, she was pretty cool about that. Um, and she, my mom was also like really cool about letting me color my hair like any way mm -hmm. I wanted to, or like chopping it off. Or yeah, this is like the first not. time in my life that I don't have any color on my hair. Well, not Same the first here. time in my life, but my first time since like age like twelve. Yeah. So yeah, it's know, weird. My, my hair is currently pink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but beautiful if I mauve. Worked in a salon setting, I would you know probably oh, yeah. do that all the time. I'd be too tempted, or I just like cut it all the time. Yeah, it's funny. Like I went through that for a while for sure mm -hmm. but now I'm just like I'm so lazy yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I'm after doing other people's hair all day yeah like the last no thing you want to do is like fuck with your own you're just like no that's what's nice about I having a cool color though because it's like yeah. all right well even if yeah I it's like I don't have to do much looks, effort yeah and I like having light pink hair because my hair is curly so it's like cotton candy it when suits it's curly. you mm -hmm. <laughs> like it brings out all like the the nice colors in your like peachy yeah. tones in your yeah it's green. funny because I don't even like pink that much like yeah. as a color it's like low on the list of things I actually enjoy looking at but <laughs> it just looks like a natural hair color on me so I'm just going with it yeah <laughs> it's born this way I was born this way I'm a natural pink head <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah um I have a little bit more about the first attempt just you know I know we talked about it a lot, but I guess a few things that I just wanted to mention. Um, part of the reason that they thought that U.S. CIA had, you know, involvement in that um, was because they were afraid of. Manley had put out support of the Cuban government, and they were afraid that he, you know, that communism was going to spread, and that's why mm -hmm. they chose. And they thought Marley was siding with him, so that's why they, you know, and he was a vocal supporter of him before yeah. that concert. Also, one thing that I thought was kind of funny, um, the other guy, Siaga, he had a group. It was gangsters locally at the time that supported him, but I thought it was funny because their name was the Shower Posse. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the least intimidating name for like a gang. Oh my or God, I love that. Yeah. That's, That's such a great name. Shankya in the shower. I <laughs> just the curtain. Like, didn't believe it. I was like, oh, the Wikipedia page is wrong. So I kept looking on all these sites and I'm like, nope, it, it really is the, the shower, shower posse. posse. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's like such a good band name. Yeah, that's true. 
Luckily, they feel Bob like, Marley and the Shower Posse. I feel like it'd be really tragic to say like, "Oh, I was killed by the Shower, the shower Posse." posse. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like cause of death. The Shower Posse. <laughs> that would be so tragic. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, that's all that I really have about that. Oh, um, but they also the Shower Posse. They smuggled guns and drugs into Jamaica and the U.S. at that time with the support of the the CIA, the U.S. CIA. Interesting. Just, yeah, crazy. So. Shower posse. I know. Drugs in the shower, shower posse. It's like, <laughs> is it because they shower you with bullets? Like, I don't know. Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. But I don't but think maybe they that... were just like clean gangsters. <laughs> we believe in personal hygiene. Yes. <laughs> now we're going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like you always. I don't if you really associate drugs with personal hygiene, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. I just feel like, you know how, like, Whenever you're like home alone, scared or whatever, everybody always like looks behind the shower curtain, make sure yes. nobody's there. So it's like maybe they're like trying to kind of uh, conjure up like your worst nightmare. Maybe. Like you open the shower and it's, had like, Psycho come out yet? Thing. Oh yeah, that was in like the when was that? I don't. Wasn't know that exactly. like the late '60s? Oh, it might have been. So it, let's see. Yeah, yeah. I I always think that that movie is a lot older than it actually is. Well fascinating info about psycho is the first movie that ever showed a toilet, a toilet. yes i did that's know that. funny yeah learned that at trivia one night and i told you i was like it's got to be psycho right 16 okay. Yeah. okay so it was out mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> you learn something new every day it's funny though you do have sort of that irrational fear of someone hiding in your shower yeah I had this so whole like the thing. First place you check if yeah, you're like you do. Scared. I always do. Or like you know, under the mm-hmm. bed. Um, mm-hmm. I had this total weird irrational fear of like a homeless man living in the attic of my garage or just in my garage, hmm. which did happen. I, I to read say, I read really happened. Yeah, that happens. Me too. Like somebody's just like living in the attic, and they there was like a YouTube video because somebody's like set up a camera because they heard all these noises, and like yeah. dude would just like come down or maybe it was a lady just like came down from the attic and like took food in the night and then just like went back up there and lived there like for a really long time that's insane before they got caught i know that makes me think of like that uh west craven movie people under the stairs oh yeah 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 i remember reading the story too about this woman that moved her um, lover into her house and he lived in the attic and the husband had no idea and he lived there for years like the guy never came out he would come out and like eat or she would take up food to him and stuff. Um, yeah, and he eventually... <laughs> and he, like, voluntarily did that. Yeah, he did. And then he <laughs> loved her. The husband ended up getting murdered and <coughs> because they had no idea this man was living in the attic. Um, you know, nobody was convicted for the crime. And it was really, like, just a strange story. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, but they eventually broke up. And then she married someone else. And I think that he came back into the, the picture at some point, And that's how he eventually ended up. Because um, he like confessing. moved back into the attic or what? I don't think that he moved back in with her. But um, maybe they had a relationship and the, the new husband discovered it. I'm probably like totally giving the story wrong at this point. But I remember the beginning really well. But, then, <laughs> you know, they ended up, um, he confessed or, you know, told somebody about it. So then they knew that he did it. Just so weird. It's so bizarre. I mean, it'd be kind of nice because you wouldn't have to work. Um, but can we just like ever leave that that's the worst part. can we just like now forever refer to people that like secretly live in people's homes as like the shower posse <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what about what about like the bat in your basement is that the shower posse no that's a welcome <laughs> guest I like bats I do too <laughs> plus it's like cute. if they can get in like it's pointless to capture them and like take them out because it's like they're gonna come mm. right back so Octavius and his family are welcome in my home oh, I like that name I know it's like I feel like bats deserve goth kid names they do oh absolutely yeah so it's like yeah. definitely like I'm, I've been trying to think of other ones like Balthazar's in there too and it's fine what about but like Barnaby <laughs> Yeah. Or like Barnabas. 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 Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, because that, that makes me think of um, Dark, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of too. Like the greatest show. I had never really heard that name before, but my first roommate, that was her ex-husband's name. Oh, his yeah. name is Barnabas? I know. That's hilarious. I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> totally random. I had come across some of the... Oh, God, I can't remember. I think this guy's name was Septimus. I, I <laughs> work on, on loans, so I see like all kinds of oh, weird yeah. names. Yeah. yeah, well, and, like, what was Bob Marley's original name? Because, like, his name's, like, he switched was, his first and middle name. They couldn't prove it because I couldn't find anything that said for sure that, that they thought his name 
could have been Nesta, Robert, instead of Robert Nesta. Right. Um, it kind but, of sounds like Lou Nesta. Yeah, they, thought, they said that, um, which I thought Nesta. it was kind of a weak story on why it was changed. They said when he went to get a passport mm-hmm. that they thought it sounded girly. Oh, that's what I, I like, weird. or like that he thought it sounded girly, so he'd rather go by Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So, which Nesta, I, either way. It sounds pretty evil. like, it's always unfortunate. Yeah, like, it doesn't even sound like a name. It just sounds it's like It's always unfortunate, like, when these people are, like, dead, because it's like, I have so many questions. I know. Like. Then when a lot of people surrounding the case, yeah. you know, or that knew any information are dead also. Right. So. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, One that's thing our, also oh. I do want to mention that um, Jamaican accents are tied with Irish for my favorite accents because they're so like sing-songy. Mm-hmm. It was fun watching some of the documentaries about him because I, I just loved hearing them talk. Yes. So. Um, like the, just like the way that they shorten words or like yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. slang but not like because it's just how they talk. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I thought so too. All right, well, that's uh, that's our thoughts on Bob Marley. I'm going to go ahead and say I do not think the CIA assassinated him. I don't. I don't. I think that they, um, with the shooting, I think that, you know, probably... Well, like, the world will never know. There. Like, that's an unsolved. Like, they have not pinned down who shot him. Yeah, like, that's that is, insane. That is an open story. And, they're, like, the fact that, like, they have, like, five possibilities... Yeah. ...of, like, who could have done it is... The world will never know. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not buying the shoe thing. Like, no, no, I don't either. Know. No. Like, what are the chances that it would just perfectly like, right. you know, and that, and there's such a rare chance of that happening. Well, and, and like the article that like said all that was like kind of hilarious. It's like, <laughs> yep, he got, he got pricked with the thing in his shoe and that's it. I knew it was a death sentence. It's like, bitch, first of all, <laughs> right. Still, like, even if somebody were to do that to somebody, like, the possibility of them actually getting cancer from it is, like, such a minimum. Like, just so small, like, one in a million that it would actually take. So there's just no way. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Until other scientific research proves that statement wrong, I'm sticking Mm -hmm. with it. Oh, so I want to mention what we're going to be talking about next time because I'm really excited for it. Our our friend Bart pointed us in the direction of a... uh, very poorly designed website that kind of uh, <laughs> that outlines uh, uh, the work of uh, the Smiths and Morrissey predicting uh, Princess Diana's death. Yes. So uh, I'm going to go <laughs> scope that GeoCities disaster out and uh, report back with my findings. I'm really yeah. excited. Me too. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I shot a shot.